0: Nyata, hello. Alison here from a little church in south-west Victoria called Sanctuary. Last Sunday down at the river, we baptised a young woman, and then we gave her a very dangerous gift. That is, we gave her a book of wisdom and stories, prayers and puzzles, comforts and challenges, and contradictions and contested images of God. Yep, we gave her a Bible. It is, of course, our hope that she'll come to love it just as many of us have learned to love it. And yet we are not naive. Many of us have experienced the Bible as a text of terror, an instrument of domination and object of fear. Many of us have heard it interpreted in ways which have suffocated us or have driven us to despair. Many of us have stumbled across texts which have made us feel angry and fearful unworthy or ashamed, and which have made it hard for us to wholeheartedly love God and neighbour and even ourselves. The Bible is a dangerous gift indeed. How then should Arwen read it? And how should each one of us? Well the answer is in tonight's story. The disciples are huddled and confused, trying to make sense of reports that people are encountering Jesus risen from the grave. Suddenly, Jesus stands among them and offers words of peace. They're terrified, so Jesus shows them that he's not a ghost. He shows them his flesh and bones. He shows them his wounds. It's really him, really alive. And then he accepts their food, eating a piece of grilled fish, and only then does he open their minds to the scriptures. Now the first thing to notice is that Jesus is truly risen from the dead. He has flesh and bones and scars. He eats. He is alive. His is a living and breathing and pulsing and digesting body which has triumphed over death. And it tells us that death is no longer in charge. Instead, life and newness of life win out in this world now. And it's in the presence of this life that our minds will be opened to the scriptures. Sure, we can read the scriptures with death on our mind and we will find it. We can read the scriptures with sin and violence, judgment, hell and vengeance on our mind. And we'll find them too, just as so many people have and continue to do. But if we read in the presence and anticipation of life, then our minds will be opened and we will become powerful witnesses to the living word, the risen Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, followers of Jesus read the scriptures with a bias towards life. And what scriptures are those? As most of us know, the very book which contains the living word also contains words of hatred, violence, condemnation. The very book which describes an infinitely loving and merciful God also describes an infinitely violent and vengeful God. So, which words are true? Well in this same story Jesus tells us Everything written about me in the Law of Moses, the Prophets and Psalms must be fulfilled. Everything written about me. These are key words. They imply that there are words in Moses, the Prophets and the Psalms which will not be fulfilled because they are not about the God made known in the risen Christ. Throughout his ministry, Jesus quotes Scripture selectively. He claims and highlights texts which speak of God's grace and mercy, justice, liberation, universality and forgiveness. He challenges texts which have been turned into heavy burdens for people. And he deconstructs or ignores texts which describe God as violent and vengeful, bloodthirsty, parochial or racist. This shows that followers of Jesus quote selectively too. We read with the risen Christ at our side, expecting to find life. And we read looking for signs of self-giving love and hospitality, hope and freedom, because that is a God made known in Jesus Christ. Like Jesus, we claim and highlight texts which speak of God's grace. And we deconstruct or leave behind texts which speak of God's violence and parochialism. As followers of Jesus, we also read, Knowing that the law has no authority over us, except the authority which Jesus grants it. And the prophets have no authority over us, except the authority which Jesus grants them. And Jesus' authoritative word is that two commandments are most important. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. There are no exceptions. Love God, love neighbor, whoever they are, and love yourself. For, says Jesus, all the law and the prophets rely on these two commandments. The Law and the Prophets rely on these two commandments. In other words, followers of Jesus read the Scriptures through the lens of love. With love, love and more love. That is how we are to read the Bible and that is how we are to live our lives. So if something in the Bible goes against Jesus' radical hospitality or Jesus' practice of enemy love, or Jesus' triumph over the forces of death, then it tells us what some people think about God. But it's not the final word on who God is, or God's desire for the world. And if someone preaches a message which is suffocating or rule-bound, if someone argues for hatred or violence or exclusion in the name of Jesus, if someone tells you that being a Christian is not all about love, then you can be confident that they have not yet encountered the risen Christ and nor are they pointing you to his way of life. As followers of Jesus then, the next time you're struggling with the Bible or its interpretations, pray. For you are journeying with the risen Christ who has overcome the grip of death and is leading you into life. Open yourself to his spirit And let his love be your guide. And then he will open your mind to the scriptures, shining light into darkness, speaking truth to confusion, and breathing peace into hatred and fear. And your reading and your living will be transformed. You too will become a witness to a life being renovated from the inside out. The change of heart and mind, the life of forgiveness, which Jesus calls his disciples to proclaim in his name. Even in the midst of your wondering, you too will know the blessedness of those early disciples. And you too will know their joy. So pray, take a deep breath, take heart and read. Amen. Did you know there's always more to read on our website at sanctuarybaptist.wordpress.com Sanctuary is funded entirely by members and supporters. If you'd like to support the work of this little church, you can make a donation via PayPal. And you can find the details for this on the website. This podcast was made on the lands of the Eastern Mar Nation. His people have been sharing story and keeping culture since time immemorial. And I pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. Peace be with you.